Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome back. We're back here. We're back in town as uh, we came back after the Mingo Bay Classic. It's weird to do this whole radio thing again. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin. Avery Newport, happy to have you with us here. The show is sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations. Robert Fields & Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Welcome you all in. And uh, want to take a second to congratulate Avery Newport, finishing his internship last, technically last Friday, but technically like a couple weeks ago. Um, but he is now a part-time employee for the summer. Congratulations on graduating and finishing your internship, Avery. You're stuck with us forever. Yeah, that's right. You can't get rid of me that easy, huh? No. Uh, well, thank you, guys. That uh, means a lot. I've had a lot of great experience here, you know, learning from you guys and getting to see how the radio business works. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really excited for the future and excited for the summer and excited to keep working with you guys. Yeah, thank you, Avery. Uh, we've enjoyed having you, and and we're excited that you'll still be around. I think all of us are in, in agreement on that, and you do a great job uh, being more than the average intern, I'd say. And, uh, you know, welcome aboard for the summer. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah you've been able to adapt to any situation and have been willing to put in the work no matter what it was, and... The hard work has paid off. You're now one of us, and uh, even better, you get to do play-by-play. Yeah. This oh, whoa, whoa. you're breaking the news. Yeah, Avery. Uh, we've already talked when. about this behind the scenes, uh, but we did want to get you a play-by-play rep before uh, you finished, and uh, high school play-by-play rep. So uh, Wednesday, tune in 6.40. No, wait, I think it's a 5.40 pregame, 6 p.m. first pitch, because East Hardy is at Hedgesville. Uh, so they moved the game to 6 p.m. Yeah, very excited. Looking you, forward to it. You ready for it. the prep? You done the prep yet? You started prep yet? Not yet, but <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, speaking of high he school. He is one of us. <laughs> speaking of high school I've baseball. i What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of high school baseball, last week we were down in South Carolina for the Mingo Bay Classic. Five of the six EPAC teams uh, competed and saw two in the semifinals on Friday. And uh, it was a pretty good week of baseball. Got to see every team down there uh, from the EPAC. And, uh, you know, Martinsburg and Washington were the two leading teams there. Jefferson, uh, they won their final game, which I thought wasn't their final game because of the way that everything set up. But apparently it was their final game. And they I don't know if they elected not to play Saturday or they just decided not to play Saturday. Um, because maybe they didn't have enough arms or something. I'm not too sure. Uh, but they did not play Saturday. Thought they won on Friday, so they'd play a consolation game Saturday, but that didn't happen. Uh, they got the win on Friday against Logan County out of West Virginia. Oddly enough, that was a team they were pitted against on Friday. And uh, But Martinsburg and Washington completed, competed very well down there and just saw great teams. And Nick, on Friday night, we we were able to broadcast a semifinal from historic Mike Johnson Park down there in Georgetown, South Carolina. It was a great venue. Yeah, overall, I think uh, the trip went well. Um, 
you know, it was, a, it was good to see some different competition for these teams. I think all of the EPAC schools showed some good signs down there that they can compete with some of the best teams in that area or even just on the East Coast in general. Um, so I think that shows the quality of baseball in this area that both these teams were really just a few runs away from uh, when I talk about Martinsburg and Washington for playing for the championship down there, it was very possible. And I mean, you look at some of the teams they had to go up against. You start Bishop O'Connell, a team with three guys going Division One uh, that are pitchers. I mean, that team's you know very tough to hit. And while runs were at a premium for Martinsburg and Washington and Jefferson when they faced them, uh, they still all only lost by a few runs. It, so they they kept their offenses in check which is impressive and shows that they have quality pitching as well. I think in uh, Spring Mills, while they ended up not on the best side of that game uh, in terms of final score, you know they were in there for a good bit, and I know they didn't have a ton of arms. I mean, they don't really have a ton of guys on the roster. So Spring Mills even showed some fight against a team like that that's a private school in Virginia. So uh, the level of competition was great for these teams to get them ready for sectional and regional, but they already know what they're going to face here in sectional and regional. But really it's about states and maybe a team from the Eastern Panhandle because of this experience can make a run at a state championship, which would be great to see. Well, I think one thing you have to say is, you know, Spring Mills, all along we've known since we talked to head coach Brad Barrett, Brad Barrett on the show prior to the start of the season that this year is going to be a season of, of you know, those tough losses, but learning. This year was about learning and building as a team. And I think for the most part, they were able to do that down there. You know, they were able to do some things at certain times in games. They just, you know, couldn't complete the game. I mean, we had that broadcast for you, I believe, what, Thursday evening was the game? Or was it Wednesday evening? All the days kind of got mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I know. They're all getting, down there. But the game where the, they were only down a few in the fifth inning, and then they or they they were up one nothing at one point, and then they kind of gave up some Spring runs. The game, I think, was Thursday. Thursday, yes. Yep. Yes, Thursday. Um, but, you know, they were showing signs that, that they're getting better. You know, they weren't able to get a victory down there. But still, I mean, you're, you're playing very tough competition, some guys that are going Division One, And I think you saw good outings and things that you build on as a team. Maybe you come back up here and you just make a run to finish the season out strong. Yeah, I don't think any team uh, that we saw down there from the Eastern Panhandle can really – hang their heads on anything martinsburg's two losses were to the two teams that uh made the finals and both were basically because uh small ball offense they went two and two and they were pretty good wins the one against mcclancy for the bulldogs was against a uh pitcher that's going to the university of south florida a lot of people down there when we were talking saying this guy's pitching was like oh man martinsburg doesn't stand a chance next thing you knew they had he's three out runs on him inning. he's out of the ball game in the fourth inning they put another three runs on the next guy and they win the game nine nothing they shut him out and then washington their pitching i think could possibly be the best in the state from what we've seen they seem unstoppable on the mound jefferson they were a little bit surprising down there. We thought they were going to do better, but they had a really, really tough schedule. They went out 2-2 two and two still. Hedgesville, as uh, you said down there, I don't know if you've said it yet today, got its first win down in Mango Bay in four years. Yeah, That is amazing for them, and it's a step in the right direction. And same with, as you said, Spring Mills. Yeah, they 
record-wise struggled, but they were up one nothing against Bishop O'Connell at one point, who ultimately won the uh, A bracket down there. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of already summed it up, but just to maybe add a little bit about Hedgesville too, that game that we had on TV10, they definitely had a good chance to win. I think they had some uh, momentum throughout that game, just couldn't really put the hits together in some key situations. So, you know, I think overall, though, the the most impressive thing was the Eastern Panhandle uh, was competitive throughout the tournament. Even in the games they lost, they really didn't look like they were outmatched in any of those games. And, and that's what you want to see uh, from your teams because, really, you want to win this tournament. You, you want the wins for your record and stuff. But it doesn't mean anything moving forward on your season besides an opportunity to get better. I think all these teams probably did get better from this trip. And that's the most important thing when they return to the state and, and can be competitive up here again. And uh, it all starts back tomorrow, right? Or, or well, some start tonight. So I was going to get in. First, I was going to get into our broadcast schedule for this week. So tomorrow we have Musselman at Jefferson, 540 pregame, 6 p.m. first pitch. We've had that game on the schedule for a while. I know people were wondering about potentially picking up the rescheduled Washington hosting Martinsburg game. Unfortunately, we already have this game on the schedule. Um then on Wednesday, as I mentioned, East Hardy at Hedgesville, 5.40 pregame, 6 p.m. first pitch. Then on Thursday, Hampshire at Martinsburg, 6.40 pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch. And then Friday, an EPAC matchup, Musselman at Martinsburg, 6.40 in the 7 p.m. first pitch. Uh, but tonight, things get back going. Musselman and um, Hedgesville are doing battle tonight, uh, which partially was, you know, one of the reasons why they didn't, you know, why they only played the four games is because they needed to know that, or, you know, when they when they had the four games there, they didn't want to go back. Because if you listened on Friday, when I talked uh, to head coach Eric Grove, they were uh, initially wanting to do the, the play the fourth game or, you know, play the three games in pool play. But unfortunately, just stuff didn't work out logistically for them. But they have a game against Musselman tonight. Uh then they're at Berkeley Springs tomorrow, play East Hardy Wednesday, at Spring Mills Friday, and then they play a uh, two games on Saturday against Philip Barber and Bridgeport. So a busy week for them. Uh, then we'll look at Jefferson. Jefferson's got a pretty uh, interesting week that I just kind of noticed on, on what was it, Friday night maybe? I think. I think so, When yeah. I told you, yeah. So they're hosting Frankfurt tonight at 6 p.m., then they're hosting Musselman tomorrow at 6 p.m. And then Friday, so I guess Thursday, they're going to head up to Cooperstown and they're going to play a double-day field against Pendleton County or Pendleton High School. I'm, I'm thinking that's a New York team potentially. Uh, but they've got an interesting week this week, another travel week for them. Uh, just found that out the other night looking back at the schedule. Then you look at Martinsburg, that game that we just talked about, the rescheduled game against Washington, 4.30 tomorrow. And then the game, two games we have uh, against Hampshire and Musselman on Friday, Thursday and Friday. Then they're at Greenbrier East for a doubleheader Saturday. Um, the, excuse me. Then you look at Musselman, Hedgesville tonight, Jefferson tomorrow, at Stonebridge Thursday, at Martinsburg Friday. Um, and then I believe or then we've got Spring Mills. They are at, they're hosting James Wood out of Virginia Wednesday. And then they are at... Uh, they're hosting Hedgesville Friday, and then for that same kind of tournament with Bridgeport and Robert C. Bird Saturday, and then Washington hosting Martinsburg tomorrow at Bridgeport on Friday, 
as well as at Morgantown for a doubleheader. And then they're at Lincoln County on Saturday morning, according to their game changer. Uh, but it's going to be a big week for baseball here. See how things go after going down there for a week and coming back and see how the arms are doing. Yeah, that's going to be a uh, huge question on if anybody is still tired after four straight days of nothing but baseball. But again, that could be, you know, the getaway for them to, you know, get out of the reality of living here, going to school. You know, you got the spring break. So, you know, maybe going down there, relaxing a little bit after the games helped them. Yeah, but when we talked to the coaches down there, they were still focused on majority of the time baseball. There wasn't really that much to relax. I mean, I mean the coaches the, the first were, two days, obviously, but the players. The first two days, Washington went playing at 830 to 10 a.m. the next day. Yeah, I mean, but that was, that was, not, less it was than supposed to be 5.30. Still. Yeah, I mean, that was not scheduled. That was just the way it happened because of the rain on the Monday having to push back the game times Well, on and correct Tuesday. me if I'm wrong, but there were a few teams that, uh, like, planned team retreats or, or did, like, team activities when they weren't playing, right? Like, there yeah. were a couple of teams I know that on that. Thursday after we had that Martinsburg game, uh, that 10 a.m. Martinsburg game, they were at some point in the day going to Top Golf with their team. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun, you know, they had those kind of getaway retreat, you know, those kind of team bonding, bonding here as you get ready for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I think getting away definitely helps to to an extent. Uh, Yeah, you get to relax a little bit when you're not there, uh, but it's definitely fun to get away. But that'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some NBA playoffs. Uh, they're getting interesting. Getting They've gotten going last week, and they're getting interesting now. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10 streaming live on the TV10 Facebook back in two minutes. car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Looking for some nightlife? Then look no further. Laddie's Bar and Grill has a full bar and kitchen, pool table, and entertainment with great food at affordable prices. You can dine in or carry out by calling us at 304-263-5233. Laddie's is open Monday through Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. We serve breakfast all day long, and our lunch and dinner specials are posted every day on our Facebook page. So stop on in to Laddie's Bar and Grill, located at 107 Lutz Avenue in Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay, or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
For every parent with a child entering pre-K through 7th grade, we invite you to consider Airborne Christian Academy. Enrolling your student in a Christian school, it's never been more affordable. With a WV Hope Scholarship offering $4,300 per year per student. And if you've been hoping for alternative ways for your child to flourish academically while remaining true to your faith, we want to partner with you. Check out all the details at airborne.church forward slash school. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, TV 10, Comcast Channel 10, Berkeley and Jefferson County streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook page. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin are now part-time employee. Avery Newport, happy to have you with us here. We'll talk some NBA playoffs as things are really heating up now. Uh, big weekend there. I know Colin's happy today. As you can see, he is wearing his Celtics jersey. Uh, they're playing pretty well so far. We were tuned into their game the other night for uh, Saturday night for a little bit. I was a little tuned out. I was a little tired trying to get ready for back to reality. But they did get a big win, 109-103. Uh, they now lead the series 3-0, and tonight could be the sweep, right? Yes. My mic's off. Yeah. Sorry, got a little That's rusty. what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I want the uh, I told you so party to start earlier than I expected it to be because I said it was going to be Boston in a – Six, but if they're able to sweep Brooklyn when uh, a lot of people were saying that Brooklyn was going to be a uh, big fight, and I honestly said it was going to be two, but when all three of you guys picked Brooklyn, I'm like, all right, now I'm liking Boston's chances even more. So I'm hoping they do well. Ben Simmons is uh, sitting out. KD and Kyrie seem to be uh, frustrated. And after that game three loss, I I feel like Brooklyn's giving up almost, it seems like. And I think... If the sweep happens, or hopefully when the sweep happens, Brooklyn's about to implode. Well, I uh, liked my pick of the Brooklyn Nets until I heard Avery Newport pick them to go to the finals based off of the NCAA March Madness. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, waiting for Nick to, to bring that blame up. Blame it on Avery. Yeah. I was like, wow, I'm really in trouble with this pick. But uh, yeah, Boston's been impressive. And I think we got a little bit caught up in Kyrie and KD being enough to take down the Celtics team and not looking at the whole picture there. Boston does have a complete team when you look at them. Marcus Smart as a point guard. Obviously, they have Tatum and Brown. Tatum seems to be really taking the next step in this playoffs. He's impressed me in this series when I've had the chance to watch. Uh, you add in a veteran like Al Horford that can give you you know some good scoring still at his age. Uh Williams now back to to grab a lot of rebounds and play good defense. Obviously not 100%, but still you know a big contributor on this team. So they have more, it seems like, than Brooklyn has. But I, I just felt like KD and Kyrie would rise to the occasion. KD, or Kyrie did in game one. KD really hasn't been there at all in this playoffs uh, for Brooklyn. So I think that's what's holding them back. And it's two guys that you expect to step up in big moments aren't stepping up. And Boston not only is getting a great performance out of Tatum, but their role players are excelling and just blowing by the Nets. And that game that we watched the other night, uh, it was close at times. It seemed like Brooklyn could get into the lead, but never really take the lead. 
and uh, a sign of a good team. So, you know, the Celtics are the two seed. Brooklyn's the seven seed for a reason. Uh, it's not surprising, I guess, when you look at it in that sense, but it is surprising that the Nets haven't really put up much of a fight with their two-star players. And that's why I thought it would at least go seven and Brooklyn would find a way to win, but that appears not to be the case. And it looks like the Celtics are going to sweep. Well, I mean, you can never guarantee it. It's it's the playoffs, you know. I'm sure if KD can kind of figure out a way to get out of his scoring slump that he's in right now, Boston might slip up or, you know, Brooklyn might be able to, to take a game or two and make it more competitive. You know, it's 3-0, so it's obviously a very daunting task to try and come back from that, but the series isn't over yet, you know. But uh, with that said, to go off your point, Nick, the... The Nets' offense is just really, really underwhelmed. Kevin Durant had only 16 points in Game 3. He shot terribly from the floor. In this series as a whole, he's only shooting 35% from the floor. Which Pretty is, sure I saw a stat that says the uh, he has more turnovers than field goals in the series. Yeah, so just a really poor and unexpectedly poor performance from him in these playoffs. I mean, this is one of the great clutch performers in history. He's a multi-time finals MVP I mean this is a guy that is a known deliverer in the clutch and he's just he hasn't been doing it at all um which you know obviously the the Nets I mean they have Kyrie and KD but the the Celtics also have one of the best defenses if not the best defense in the NBA and going into this series I thought their defense would be severely weakened because of the lack of Robert Williams down low but the defense has been just as good as it was in the regular season. Marcus Smart was the first guard to win Defensive Player of the Year in over 20 years. You know, I mean, he's been phenomenal this series. They've gotten a lot of production from Grant Williams, uh, from Derek White, from other guys on their bench. So this, right now anyway, it just seems to be the Celtics series. I mean, you know, Katie and Kyrie are capable of going off any night, and I think that that alone might steal them at least one game in the series. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they win tonight just because they don't want to get swept. It's in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's what one point I was going to say was I think they avoid the sweep, but I don't think this goes seven. I think Boston wins tonight. Wow, Nick, I'd love that. the sweep. Yeah, I just think it's over. It just feels like it's over. They really haven't played well all series. They had their chance in game one. If they took game one on the road in Boston, it's a completely different series. But they blew it there at the end, and they let Tatum get open. And since then, it just it doesn't feel like Brooklyn really has shown And then they anything. really blew it more in game two. They, they yeah. were dominating they were game, in game two. two. So it, it could be a completely different series, but you don't take either of those in Boston. I mean, they might win tonight, but I, I'm not feeling very confident in the Nets at this point. All right, well, I think one more point. Uh, I think it speaks to the Nets' lack of defensive prowess that's really mm-hmm. hurt them in this series, too, because if they had any kind of defense at all, they would be able to survive a couple bad games from KD and Kyrie. But if those two guys aren't on their best shooting nights, their lack of defense just completely sinks them. All right, well, let's look at games. Yeah, well, Ben Simmons is coming back, right, tonight? <laughs> No, funny. He's not now. You didn't see that yesterday. I didn't see it now. Travel day, we don't pay attention to much. He's ruled out. Yeah, Yeah. that was the one thing that could help their defense, right? Exactly. Uh, But let's look back at other games. The Nuggets avoided the sweep last night, getting a one twenty six one twenty one victory over the Warriors. Uh, The 
Milwaukee now leads the series against the Bulls three to one after a one nineteen ninety five victory yesterday. The Heat now lead three to one after a one ten eighty six victory over the Hawks yesterday, and the series tied now at two and two after the Pelicans defeated the Suns last night one eighteen one zero three. Of those four games, I guess of the two game or the three games sitting at three and one, who wins the game in game? Who wins the series in game five? The Heat versus Hawks. Nuggets versus Warriors or, or Bulls versus Bucks. Who win? Who wins in five? Bucks, uh, Warriors, or Heat? You want us to rank each of those, or just pick which one? If you had to pick one of the three that was going to win in Game Five, I think they're all going to win Game Five. <laughs> I'm probably probably Bucks. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks have the most likely chance. Nick, you to have beat major the Bulls. jokes, according to David Wood. That's what I specialize in. Nick the jokester. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will pick sh- I will pick the the Bucks to to take down Chicago just because the the Bulls have been a completely different team without Lonzo Ball in the lineup. He's been injured for the last couple of weeks. And Alex Caruso just isn't getting it done at point guard. They have very little offense outside of DeMar DeRozan. They haven't shot the ball well from the floor at all. So I think they're they're kind of finished. You know, this uh, game five is going to be back in Milwaukee. The Bucks are the defending champs. They have Giannis. I mean, that series is a wrap to me. I think, I guess if I had to pick one that could lose, I'd say Golden State's most likely to lose out of those teams uh, to Denver because Denver did play well and, and they're at home. Well, all those teams, I guess, would be at home that are the underseeds. But um, I, I just think all of them are probably going to finish it out. If they don't finish it out in Game Five, they'll finish it out in Game Six. Um, Atlanta, I, I don't really think they stand much of a chance. They're pretty much Trey Young or bust, I think, against Miami, just because Miami is so much more depth and, and more talent overall, I think, than the Hawks. Even though the Hawks do have a few guys here and there that can step up and make shots. Uh, and the other series, like Avery said, I don't think it's going to be competitive. Milwaukee's going to win that one there tonight or whenever it is I, I think milwaukee and golden state both will be in five and i actually think that the hawks will get the win and then lose in six so i'm kind of different and i'd say out of the two between the bucks and golden state i like golden state's chances more because they'll be at home and i feel like they will play better there and get the job done because they don't want to go back to uh Denver. Well, the bucks will be at home too <laughs> Yeah, but I, I said they'd win. I just like the Warriors' chances more out of the two. If well, one would have to slip, I'd say it'd be the Bucks over Golden State, in my opinion. And if we're talking about one-man teams, like you mentioned, Trey Young is kind of leading the Hawks at this point. I mean, there is no better example of a one-man team right now than the Nuggets because it's Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic and a bunch of G League guys that are that are on that team. I mean, their second-best scorer at this point is Bones Highland or Jeff Green. So... You know, it's kind of a miracle, frankly, that they didn't get swept. I mean, maybe Jeff Green 10 years ago could be a decent second option. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that they were able to somehow win game four is a miracle because, you know, to me, that makes Nikola Jokic's MVP case that much stronger is the fact that this is the guy. He said after the game he didn't want to get swept. You know what? I mean, the guy is is carrying this team almost entirely by himself. That, to me, is is a strong enough case for him. All right, there you go. Uh, before we wrap a bow or put a bow on the Celtics and Knicks. Uh, Nets. Nets, that's what I meant. New York just in my head right there. 
Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn is favored by one tonight, according to the odds makers. Uh, kind of interesting there. Uh, but that game's tonight, obviously, game four. Colin thinks they sweep tonight, but he also doesn't at the same time. He thinks that I if, want them to sweep, but I would not be surprised if Brooklyn's just like, eh, we don't want to get swept. Kyrie, like, drops 45 points tonight. KD gets 24, and they win by three. All right, well, that game's 7 p.m. on TNT. I know Colin will be tuned in for that one. Uh, 8 p.m. on NBA TV. Raptors 76ers game five. Philadelphia leads three to one, and they're favored in tonight's ballgame by eight. Uh, so Vegas thinks they wrap it up in game five. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I think they do. Yeah. yeah, I tend to agree. All right, final game of the night, 9.30 on TNT. Jazz and Mavericks game five. The series tied at two apiece. So tonight, pivotal game five. Dallas favored by three. Uh, what do you all think? I, I, you know, I came into this playoffs thinking that the Mavs were going to run away with the series, not knowing the full extent of Luka's hamstring injury, which we, you know, we know now is a lot more serious than was initially believed to be. But he came back. He played pretty well in in uh in game four but he at least in his injured state currently has kind of been supplanted as the leading scorer on that team I I wanted to talk a little bit about Jalen Brunson and how he's emerged as all of a sudden a top scoring option on a playoff team I mean the guy has dropped 40 points in a couple of playoff games so far he's been shooting really well the offense has run through him and he's been fantastic. And, I, you know, he's really shown star potential in this playoff series. And I think that also speaks to the Jazz and their complete lack of perimeter defense. You know, and that's one of the issues that I think is going to break this team up, unfortunately, is they have this great all-time shot-blocking center, one of the best defensive centers ever in Rudy Gobert, but they can't seem to build a defense around him. You know, they don't have any other guys who can close out on shooters and stop you know, the ball from moving around the floor. And ultimately, I think that's going to be their downfall because a guy like Jalen Brunson should not be dropping 40 on you every night if you're going to be a playoff team. You know? there, there you go. The final matchup we did not talk about because uh, it was played on Saturday night and not going to be played again until tomorrow night is the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. Series tied at two apiece. Tomorrow's game has Memphis favored by six. It's as I mentioned, side tied two apiece in Game Five, seven thirty TNT tomorrow. What do we think about this one? T Wolves have been uh, fighting, but I still think that the Grizzlies uh, ultimately win the series. I'm a little surprised about it being tied two to two. So give credit to uh, Minnesota there, but ultimately I think Memphis uh, hunkers down and they eventually get this job done and. I still think they can in six. Yeah, I, I think Memphis is the better team overall. Uh, Anthony Edwards got hurt, didn't he? I don't know how severe it was, but I saw he got hurt. So I didn't know if he was going to miss the game or not. But um, I think Memphis wins this game still. You know, I came into this series thinking that it was going to be a lot more competitive than people thought. I thought this series was, was going to go to six or seven and it's guaranteed to go six now. So, you know, Minnesota has a great offense. They have three really dynamic scorers that can handle the ball. Their defense is not very good, though. Um, and I think they've been held back a little bit in this series by their defense, by
by their coaching too. Chris Finch has been criticized a lot, um, especially after they had that big, uh, the big lead in game three. They were up by 25 and they lost that game. So, you know, some questionable coaching decisions, some poor defense at times, I think has held them back. Otherwise, they might even have a, a lead in this series and they might even be in position to win it. So with that said, I think I'm going to pick Memphis tonight, but watch out for the Wolves, man. This this could easily be a seven-game series. All right, well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just supply and store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It is family-owned and operated, located right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some football, a little WVU spring game. We'll hear the Mountaineer Report from Tony Creedy, and we'll talk the NFL Draft. That's after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm in new bangs, and you can't stop staring at me. That's it. Just tilt the rearview mirror over here. And while you're checking me out more times in a library book, your car is wandering into that lane over there. More bangs? <laughs> Neat. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. Call Martinsburg Allstate agent Gary Kelly today at 304-263-4596. Golf season is right upon us. Hi, I'm Ron Springer, head golf professional at the Woods, and I'm excited to announce the, the sixth annual Tournament of Champions back for another exciting year. This year's tournament schedule here at the Woods is bigger than ever, so gather up your buddies to try to qualify for the area's biggest golf event. A list of the many qualifying tournaments held here at the Woods can be found at thewoods.com or by calling 304-754-7222, or you can also find the list in Round the Panhandle magazine. Have fun and benefit the community. When it comes to breast cancer, early detection is the key. During the month of May, WVU Medicine will offer 3D mammogram screening clinics to women 40 and older on select weekdays at our Spring Mills Women's Imaging Center and our Jefferson Women's Imaging Center for just $60. This discount fee helps patients who haven't met their deductible, whose insurance doesn't include one with an annual exam, and for those with no insurance. Schedule your 3D mammogram today. Call WVU Medicine at 1-844-802-2734, option 2. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. (laughs) 
Welcome back to this Monday, April 25th edition of the Sports Mix. Just getting back into it. No shows last week due to being down in South Carolina for the Mingo Bay Classic. Spencer Puenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Avery Newport. Happy to have you with us here. Uh, spring game for West Virginia over the weekend. Colin, just get your comments. You didn't, obviously didn't watch it because we were busy having a, a relaxation day down there. But you, you, tuned, you tuned in on Twitter, saw some things. Uh, what what was your impression of what you saw, especially from the young quarterback there that got some reps because he came in early? Well, I'm happy that uh, everybody stayed healthy. There were no injuries to anybody there at the spring game, so that's what you like to see. And, yeah, as you said, we got to see a glimpse of uh, Nico Martial, and it seemed like, at least statistically, he did all right for his first time out there. Uh, got a rushing touchdown, was okay completion-wise, and it's just a spring game, so you can't really look too much into it, but hopefully this offense, at least it seemed like for both sides of the ball, is going to be better than uh, what they were last year, and hopefully they can do well, uh, start the season against Pitt. And gold prevailed over blue, 22-21, to an aggressive offensive approach on display, though. So, uh, obviously, uh, Graham Harrell, the OC there, doesn't have his full array of what, was, what he's predicted to have in the, in the fall, uh, but seemed like a, a good, uh, good display of what he's got. Uh, Martial, I guess is how you say it? I think so. I could be saying it wrong. But he went we'll 8 hear. for 14, 61 yards. Uh, Crowder went 6 of 12, 66 yards, and Garrett Green went 4 of 7, 113 yards, one touchdown, one interception for gold. I guess... Did JT Daniels play? No, no I don't think he's not he wasn't train- there yet. Yeah. No, no, so it's a spring game. I don't think... You can't, you're not eligible to play unless you're enrolled at the school. Gotcha. Uh, but an impressive day. Five catches, 117 yards on the gold side for Fox. Uh, six catches, 98 yards for Ford Wheaton. And uh, what was the guy I told you that was it Fox that got the scholarship? Yes. Yeah. So they gave a scholarship to the receiver uh, Fox. He uh, was a walk on, got a scholarship uh, in the rushing side. Leading rusher among both sides was Anderson. Seven carries for forty-one yards. Rucker had ten carries for thirty-one yards. Uh, Mathis Jr. had six carries, twenty-one yards. So you're seeing a lot offensively of guys that may not even you know be the top at their position in the fall but they're getting good reps in the spring column yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how they do and now even though spring is uh done you just have to anticipate the transfers in the freshman class yeah definitely and uh momentarily we'll hear the uh a mountaineer report by tony caridi uh right now i'm waiting for the ad to finish Near baseball team back home after capturing the final game of its three-game series at Texas Tech. WVU did lose on Friday and Saturday, but they absolutely pummeled the ninth-rated Red Raiders on Sunday. It was a close game going into the ninth. West Virginia led by a run, and then they absolutely exploded, scoring 10 runs in the ninth inning on their way to a 15-4 victory. The Mountaineers finishing up with 18 hits. Half of those hits, nine of them, coming from the top two batters in the lineup. Fifth-year senior right-hander Chase Smith earning the victory on the mound, the first of his Mountaineer career. Next up for Randy Mazie and his group. 
Penn State in Morgantown coming up on Wednesday. First pitch is set for 6.30. The annual Big 12 Golf Championship begins today in Trinity, Texas. It's a three-day, 72-hole event. They'll play 36 today, 18 tomorrow and on Wednesday. Spring football is now officially over. The Mountaineers played the Gold and Blue scrimmage game on Saturday, a crowd of over 12,000 on hand for what it matters. The Gold team defeated the Blue team by a final score of 22-21, to but perhaps most importantly, there were no significant injuries coming out of that game. You'll expect to see West Virginia now get busy in the transfer portal with some announcements coming in the not-too-distant future. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It has been brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Thank you, Tony. You'll be hearing him always in the fall, and maybe he'll come on with us. Maybe we could get that to be like a weekly thing. Maybe. I mean, he knows who I am now. Who I? He knows that I exist now. More than just on the radio, I met him. So maybe we could get him weekly to weekly hit to talk WVU football. How about that? We could try. We could try for that. I don't know. I know, I know people down here would love to hear you know from Caridi specific our questions every day, every week. Not you know not necessarily just hear the Mountaineer report. Just you know you know two minute blurb about it. We could get maybe him for five to ten minutes uh, sometime during the week. We you in for that? Yeah, I'm in, but. We'll, have to, we'll work on things. We've got a few months to work on that. Uh, but now let's turn our attention to the NFL draft. Begins this Thursday in from, from Las Vegas. Uh, obviously, a lot of things have changed here with the draft coming. Uh, what do we think? Who's going to go number one? That's been kind of a big debate over who should go number one. Uh, I know originally... Uh, the DN from Oregon was the the big name that a lot of people had. Thibodeau? Yeah. I wasn't sure what his mm-hmm. last name was, but yeah. Thibodeau was the big one that a lot of people had ranked number one at one point. And then Aiden Hutchinson had built a little bit of momentum toward the end of the season and now into the combine. And now it's looking more so like an offensive tackle might secure the number one pick, which is never a bad spot to go. So it's either going to be a pass rusher or a guy to protect against the pass rush, I would think, for number one. Uh, that just makes sense in this draft. This draft's weird. There doesn't seem to be like any that quarterbacks. Clear cut, there's not that clear-cut quarterback that's And there's really one. not that clear-cut prospect that's the number one guy. So, you know, there's not a quarterback. There's not really a lot of skill positions toward the top that you're looking for. I mean, there's good receivers, I think, in the draft, but – None that you would you would target super early, I don't think, and it's really an O line D line draft, uh, so it's nothing you know sexy. It's going to be the big guys up front that we're going to see early on, but I, I think um, well we've got a new consensus number one favorite to be the pick from sports books. Excuse me, Georgia's DN Trayvon Walker has gone from yeah, that's a long a guy shot that's to the consensus well. consensus consensus. Excuse me, I can't speak consensus odds on pick to be the number one pick in the draft by the Jaguars big he would be a big uh DN coming in which is crazy because it kind of started with that one you know that one edge rusher the DN edge rush guy and now it could be Trayvon Walker yeah I saw Peter King had him number one when I was looking this morning which kind of surprised me and I I guess they've been impressive with his workout so Walker's really risen 
Uh, and it does seem like that kind of draft that maybe somebody just rises up there and it looks like Walker's going to be that guy. And Jamison Williams still projected to be a top 10 pick, even though coming off the ACL injury from the national championship game. Don't know if he'd be even able to play week one. Be a very tight window for him to come back week one and probably go on the pup list. But he's projected, according to Peter Kings, uh, to go to the Jets at number 10, which is crazy that his injury doesn't slip him further into the first round. This is a weird draft in my mind because for the past few years, we've really known who one was going to be and sometimes even two, three. People were like, yeah, it's going to be this, then this, then this. This year, it's really unpredictable, and I'll even now bring it to the local factor for the three teams, even though our station covers two. I know you guys are Ravens fans as well, so we'll tie them in for the third. I don't even think as fans, we really know which way our teams are going to go this year. I, at least I can say that for myself as a I Washington too, but fan. I, have a I don't feeling, really know who they're going to get at 11. I have a weird, this weird feeling that they're, this is just a gut feeling. I hope it's not true because I really like this. I really like Terry McLaurin, but I have a gut feeling they're not going to re-sign him to a long-term deal. They're going to sign. They're going to draft Chris Ola. Chris Olave. Olave, the wide receiver out of the Ohio State again, another wide receiver out of Ohio State, and then uh, they're just not going to pay McLaurin. They're just going to expect Olave to be what McLaurin did a few years ago over the next four years. Well, they're similar players, I think. I mean, Olave is a great route runner. He's very fast. And, yeah, they went to Ohio State, so they've got the connection there. Uh, Yeah, so I, I could potentially see that happening. You know, the commanders don't really have the best wide receiver room in the NFL right now. So I'm sure they could use some depth uh, for that position. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the, for the Ravens, for their draft outlook, and Nick, you know, you can provide on your opinion on this too, but I think a lot of people are, are really kind of looking at two positions of need for the Ravens that they might address in this draft, and that's offensive line and secondary. You know, lots of people are projecting that they might take a corner. They might go with an offensive tackle or a guard in the first round. And I think that's probably smart. You know, again, they had a lot of injuries last season, and they had to kind of put a patchwork offensive line together, a patchwork backfield. So I think having some more – and, geez, I mean, the, the defense was decimated for most of the year too. So depth was, was clearly an issue for them. I think it certainly can't hurt to have another corner who you can rely on to – to be healthy, you know, Jimmy Smith has been around for a long time, but he's had a lot of injuries. Marcus Peters was hurt last year. Marlon Humphrey was hurt. So having another guy that can, you know, can be a reliable starter for you in the secondary, I think, is is a position of need. And then, even though we don't really follow the Steelers, we are an affiliate of them, do they go get a quarterback? That, what I mean, pick do they have do, again? Do you want a young guy there to try to mold into the next Big Ben? Do you get some protection for Peter a King, quarterback Peter, that you drafted? Peter King or has not them drafted, picking but, Kenny Pickett. I mean, that's the story. story. They're having, I mean, he's that, the that's local the story guy. They have, that they have Kenny Pickett falling pit, to 20. Pit, but I, I don't I'm just saying they have Kenny Pickett to falling to 20. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that that happens. And also, at the same time, I, I still don't think this draft class quarterback-wise is strong. So no, it's even not. if they do think that a guy like Kenny Pickett is going to be the future, I don't think he will. No, I I mean, you know, he had a great last season at Pitt, but I think 
people are kind of going towards that pick for narrative purposes because he's a you know he went to Pitt. He's a local guy. Like I'm sure he would be a fan favorite immediately. Um, and the you know the Steelers I think could probably use an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky right now, who's as of right now is probably going to be penciled in as the starter. But I don't know, man. I don't really see it from Pickett. His first couple yeah. of years were not all that spectacular. And I think he's he's very much a guy that flourished in that system at Pitt that was installed when he was a senior last year. Um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, a lot of project quarterbacks have been really successful over the last couple of years. Lamar, Josh Allen, just to name a few. So if they find the right role for him and if they get an offensive coordinator that can kind of build around his skill set, maybe it could work. Who knows? I think uh, Steelers probably end up taking the best player available that's usually how them and the Ravens draft and I think for the Ravens at 14 initially Jordan Davis was my pick for them but then they went out they signed Michael Pierce they brought back Campbell so I don't know if he would have a role and I think at 14 you need to get a guy that's going to start for you right away so I think the Ravens probably will either take the best player available if somebody you know big name falls to them at 14 or they'll trade back because they love stocking up the picks. I think Pittsburgh, uh, I don't see them moving up. I don't see them being super aggressive toward a quarterback because, like we said before, I don't like any of these quarterbacks. I don't think any of them are that much of an upgrade over Trubisky. So I think they'll run with Mitch, and they'll probably get you know a solid quarter or a solid player at a position they need, maybe a pass rusher, maybe offensive line, something like that, uh, later in the draft. So they'll take a quarterback at some point, but I don't see first round for them. Uh, but last time they passed on a big-name pick quarterback, Dan Marino, right? And that didn't work out too well for them. <laughs> it did not. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online or the Axle Auto app. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap up today's edition of the show and talk uh, – some caps, some nationals, and I guess some Orioles. I guess we're throwing the Orioles in there. Uh, we don't cover them, unfortunately, but we've got two O's fans right here. Three O's fans, I guess. I'm outnumbered three to one. We'll talk about that when we wrap things up after this two minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Stayed there till they forced us out and took the long way to your house. I can still hear the. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. And we've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepherd Rams quarterback Tyson Bagent. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! 
conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway. Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu, call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. Into the middle and a backhander. They score and Vegas wins. Shane Theodore cuts in and goes to the back. The outside, golfs it toward the front. Can't get much on it. And now the big pass ahead. Here's Ovechkin. He scores! And it's 50 goals for Alex Ovechkin! A bullet from the right circle. The ninth 50-goal season of Ovechkin's career, and it's 3-3 here at T-Mobile Arena. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. That was Alex Ovechkin's 50th goal of the season. Sorry for the other thing before double-clicked on the wrong event there. Uh, but that was on Wednesday night. We haven't had a show, obviously, since Friday uh, of a week and a half ago or over a week ago. Uh, that was in Las Vegas. They ended up falling 4-3 to three to the Knights, but they beat the Coyotes Friday 2-0, and then they fell last night in the shootout to the Maple Leafs 4-3. Uh, not concerned that they fell to the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs are a better team. I think they have like 110 points now, and the Caps are only at 100. So they're, I think, five or six win t- better team uh, and less overtime losses than the – because the Caps are getting a lot of points from the overtime loss this year. I think think 10 to 15. Yeah, they have 12. Sorry again, Russ. They have uh, 12 overtime <laughs> losses, which is tied for second in the NHL. Yeah, obviously. But uh, I'm not concerned except for I want to see what Ovechkin – he got hurt last night in that, ball, in that uh, hockey game, and he got hurt – uh, third period, I think, and uh, I says day to day with an upper body injury. My thought is they've already secured a spot in the playoffs. He's already got his fifty goal season, so if he's day to day, I'm assuming he doesn't play tomorrow night. Maybe they keep him. And, and my other assumption is if he's day to day, you either play him Thursday or Friday, because you're not going to play him both days that are back to backs. If he's hurt, you want to keep him fresh for the playoffs. I assume that too, but with him being out, it looks more and more likely that Washington's going to end up having to play the Panthers in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and not feeling too confident about that matchup compared Panthers to the Panthers are great Rangers. this year, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. They are, and uh, 
we'll see Caps tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Islanders, they fell last night 4-3. The Nats aren't doing what we thought they were. Not doing too good, I believe. Six wins on the season, tied for or last in the division. The Orioles, they're above average right now. We'll see where things go. But uh, Well, they're still below average on the season, but as of late, they played pretty well. That's above what their average. Saying. They're above the average of the teams. Better than what we area. thought, you know. Yeah. Silver they line. They're better than who we thought they were. Yeah. Denny Green, rest in peace. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For our new part-time employee, Avery Newport, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzlini, I'm Spencer Bui saying so long. Uh, give us four or five minutes. We'll tune you back in to the Motel Hotel Holiday Inn there in Martinsburg as for the Jefferson County Board of Education uh, final hour there. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08. We'll be right back.